You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Jeremiah 35 in your Bibles. If you'll turn there with me, please. Jeremiah 35. And uh, I want you to notice with me in verse number one. And I forgot to mention Bethany back here with Austin. And we're glad that you are here. And of course, you're here. I mean, you come. But uh, I was trying to make sure I mentioned all of uh, Alex's um, uh, family and, and friends and fan club in that back. And uh, Brother Bethany, I don't know. I know you probably don't usually go out late, but tonight would be a good night to celebrate and maybe take everybody out to cook out and get them milkshakes. Brother Bethany, I mean, do you normally go out to eat on Wednesday nights after church or do you go home? You go straight to the house. How many of you on Wednesday nights, you go straight to the house and try to get to bed as quick as you can? I, it's late on Wednesdays. And uh, I remember the day, I remember when services used to be even starting later than they do now. How many of you, how many of you had grew up in a church where the Wednesday night started at 7.30? Anybody got a few? This, Sunday night, you, yes, you did. The 7.30. I remember when Sunday nights uh, were 6.30, but some of you probably remember, how many remember when Sunday nights started at 7 o'clock? You remember those days? Okay. So we're doing pretty good now. We're usually out by a little bit after 8.00. But back in the day when church started late, those preachers preached late too, right? I mean, it was nothing. I remember growing up, our preacher, Sunday night, Wednesday night, he'd preach 45 minutes or an hour, and that was just the norm. And uh, so I think we need to get back to the old days. So we're going to start later and preach. No, 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 we're not going to do that. I'm going to put you to sleep even more. Uh, Jeremiah 35, verse 1, the word which came unto Jeremiah from the Lord, in the days of Jehoiakim, now this goes back chronologically. These last few chapters we've seen have been in the days of Zedekiah. Zedekiah was the last king of Judah. Uh, Jehoiakim um, was earlier than Zedekiah. You have Jehoiakim, Jehoiachin, and then you have Zedekiah. So this is when this message comes to Jeremiah. The days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, saying, Go into the house of the Rechabites. And speak unto them, and bring them into the house of the Lord, into one of the chambers there in the temple, and give them wine to drink. Then I took Jeazaniah, the son of Jeremiah, the son of Habazaniah, and his brethren, and all his sons, and the whole house of the Rechabites. And I brought them into the house of the Lord, into the chamber of the sons of Hanan, the son of Igdaliah, a man of God, which was by the chamber of the princes, which was above the chamber of Messiah, the son of Shalom, the keeper of the door. And I set before the sons of the house of the Rechabites pots full of wine and cups. And I said unto them, drink ye wine. But they said, we will drink no wine. For Jonadab, the son of Rechab, our father commanded us, saying, Ye shall drink no wine, neither ye nor your sons forever. Neither shall ye build house, nor sow seed, nor plant vineyard, nor have any. But all your days ye shall dwell in tents. 
that ye may live many days in the land where ye be strangers. Verse 8, thus have we obeyed the voice of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, our father, in all that he hath charged us to drink no wine all our days. We our wives, our sons, nor our daughters, nor to build houses for us to dwell in. Neither have we vineyard, nor field, nor sea, but we have dwelt in tents and have obeyed and done according to all that Jonadab, our father, commanded us. But it came to pass when Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up into the land that we said, come and let us go up to Jerusalem for fear of the army of the Chaldeans and for fear of the army of the Syrians. So we dwell at Jerusalem. Lord, I pray you'd speak to us in these next few moments. Help us not to miss these truths from your word. Help me to be very clear and help me to be very concise and to be to the point. Uh, Lord, I've got a lot of things that I want to say, but I pray, Lord, if there's some things I shouldn't say, that you would just lead me to what you want me to say. And I pray that your word, uh, Lord, would come alive tonight. I pray that it would once again uh, be profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness, that we uh, may be thoroughly furnished, that we may be complete unto all good works. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This passage is very interesting, and as you know, if you've been here in our study of Jeremiah, this is kind of unusual. Uh, there have been a lot of the messages that have had to deal with the backsliding of the nation of Judah. But here, Jeremiah calls a specific group of people. These were called the Rechabites, and their father was a man by the name of Jonadab, and Jeremiah gathered these people, all of them, to the temple. And when they got to the temple, he had brought there to the temple, he brought in pots, not cups, uh, not glasses, but he brought in pots that were filled with wine. And he told them, and now keep in mind, this is Jeremiah, who's the prophet. And he is saying, here's what I want you to do, guys. I brought you here for this occasion, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to drink the wine, and I want you to enjoy it, and I want you to have just to have a great time. You know what they said? No, we're not doing it. And you say, well, of course, because we should not drink wine. Let me try that again. We should not drink wine. Proverbs 20, the Bible says, wine is a mocker. Strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. And, and I've heard it all, you've heard it all. Well, if wine was so bad, then why did Jesus turn the water into wine at the wedding? Well, first of all, I think Jesus knew Proverbs 20, verse 1. He wrote it, okay? So there's no contradiction in Scripture. When we talk about wine in the Bible, there's a few different kinds of wine. You've got one that is a, a fermented beverage. And then you have wine that was simply the fruit of the vine. It was grape juice. Uh, in the Bible times, they had uh, water to drink. They had milk from the cows or from the goats. And they had uh, the, the juice from fruit. But when Proverbs 20, verse number one says, wine is a mocker, that's not saying you can't drink grape juice. I mean, we do that for communion, okay? There's nothing wrong with grape juice. But there is something wrong, like it says in Ephesians 5, be not drunk with wine. How do you get drunk? Not from drinking grape juice. 
but you get drunk from drinking alcoholic beverages. You get drunk from drinking strong drink. And it, we could be here all night just talking about this. But if you want to know one reason why you shouldn't drink, just take a look at the crimes that are committed in our society and you see how many of those are traced back to alcohol. And if that's not enough for you, then you come back and we'll have a nice long talk about all the other reasons why you and I should not drink. But here we have this wine. I do not believe at all, at all that this is a fermented or a strong drink. This is grape juice. This is something that Jeremiah presented to him. And I don't believe that Jeremiah would have said, hey, I want you to drink this wine, this alcoholic beverage, and I want you to get drunk in the temple. That's not the point here. But here's the point. He offered this to them. It was set before them in verse number five, and Jeremiah told them to drink. But I want you to notice their answer in verse six. They said, no, we're not going to drink it. But notice the reason that they gave in verse number six. For Jonadab, the son of Rechab, our father commanded us saying, ye shall drink no wine, neither ye nor your sons forever. Can I tell you what's sad? Is the reason that they gave why they would not do something is the reason many people today do something. Many people today, yeah, my dad said I can't. Well, I'm going to show him. Well, my mama said, don't you ever do this? Well, I'm out of the house and I'm going to do whatever I want to do. I'm my own person. Uh, mom and dad, they didn't know what they were talking about. They were so old fashioned. They had rules for everything and they were so strict. I'm so glad I'm free from those rules and I'm just going to live it up and you can live it up. But I'll tell you, tell you one thing, the wages of sin is death. I want to tell you something, sin, there's pleasure in sin for a season, but when sin is finished, it bringeth forth death. These guys said, the reason that we are not going to drink this wine is for the fact that our father said, don't do it. They said, if daddy said, don't do it, that's good enough for us. Now, hang on, we're going somewhere here. They were all on board. They were all in unison when they answered. They said, we're not going to do it. Our sons are not going to do it. Uh, neither our sons forever. They said, there ain't none of us that are ever going to do it because our father said, don't do it. Now, again, I don't believe that it was sinful to drink this beverage. I do not believe that this was an alcoholic beverage. I believe this was a, a grape juice. You say, well, what's wrong with grape juice? Well, let's go a little further. Their father also said, neither shall ye build house. Their father said, you're not allowed to build a house. You're not allowed to sow a field. You're not allowed to plant a vineyard. You're not allowed to have any of these things, houses or lands or vineyards. It says, verse 7, that ye may live many days in the land where ye be strangers, and they would dwell in tents. Can I tell you, these Rechabites, these were some, indi some individuals that were looked upon as strange. I'm sure people said, good night, you can't drink grape juice. You can't even live in a house. You got to live in some tent. You can't even have your own field. You can't even have your own vineyard. You can't even have your own fruit. <laughs> Remember when the spies came back, they came back with that cluster of grapes that was so big, it took two people just to carry that cluster. 
and all of the, 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 the fruit of the land. And their father said, no, you can't have it. Wow. These guys were different. These guys were peculiar. These, these people were unique. They said in verses 8 through 10, they said, our father told us not to do these things. And they said, verse 10, and we have obeyed and done according to all that Jonadab, our father, commanded us. Verse number 11, they go on to say, but when Nebuchadnezzar came to fight against Jerusalem, they said, we're out here in tents. And at that point, we made the decision for our safety and for our lives. We made the decision to come to Jerusalem to be, to be safe from the attack of Nebuchadnezzar. But they said, we still haven't built any houses. We still haven't bought any houses. We still haven't bought any land. We're still not drinking the grape juice. And they said, we have obeyed our father. It's interesting that they went to Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the city of God. It is the city of peace. And I'm thankful that God always gives us peace, even when we're in a time of, of struggle or when we're in a time of difficulty. But I want you to notice verse number 13. Here is the point of this whole passage. Verse number 13 Jeremiah says from the Lord, he says in verse 13, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Go and tell the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, Will ye not receive instruction to hearken to my words, saith the Lord? The words of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, that he commanded his sons not to drink wine, they are performed. He said, Jonadab commanded his sons not to do something, and they obeyed him. But God asks his people, he says, why is it that the Rechabites are doing a better job of obeying their earthly father than you are doing of obeying your heavenly father? God says, you're not even listening to me. Not only did the Rechabites listen, they listened to every detail and they obeyed down to the very jot and tittle. And here my own people are not obeying. Verse 14, they are the words of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, that he commanded his sons not to drink wine. They are performed, but unto this day they drink none. But they obey their father's commandment, notwithstanding I have spoken unto you. God says, I have warned you, rising early and speaking, but ye hearken not unto me. Verse 15, God says, I've sent prophets, saying, return from your evil way and go not after other gods to serve them and dwell in their land, which I've given you uh, to your fathers, but ye have not inclined your ear, nor hearkened unto me, verse 16, because the sons of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, have performed the commandment of their father, which he commanded them. But this people hath not hearkened unto me. Therefore, verse number 17, God says, he is pronouncing judgment against his people because they would not obey. They would not listen. And then we get to verses 18 and 19. And Jeremiah gives a blessing to the Rechabites because they did obey their father. In verse 19, therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Jonadab, the son of Rechab, shall not want a man or not lack a man to stand before me forever. Let me give you a couple thoughts. Let me give you an outline and give you a couple thoughts and we'll be done. Number one, we see in this passage, we see the commendation of the Rechabites. 
You know what Jeremiah is doing? He's saying, you guys are to be commended because you had a father that told you not to do some things. And by the way, there was nothing sinful that their father was telling them to, to do or not to do. These were just some things, and we'll see in a minute why, but these were just some things that Jonadab said, hey guys, you may not understand this, you may not agree with all this, but let me tell you, it is in your best interest if you don't drink this, if you don't build this, if you don't plant this, and I am telling you, don't do it. And Jeremiah commended them, God commended them for their obedience to their father. Secondly, we see the condemnation of the Israelites or the people of Judah. They were condemned, they were judged because they had not obeyed the voice of God while the Rechabites had obeyed the voice of man. Then number three, and this is where we're going tonight, I see the challenge to us. You see, the challenge to us is from these Rechabites, there are some lessons that I believe we must learn. Let me give them to you quickly. If you want to jot them down, I think there's a spot on the back of your prayer page. You can jot them down if you'd like to. I'm going to try to go quickly. Number one, if your parents, and I know we've got mostly adults in here, the teens are out, all of the children are in the master clubs, and many of those workers and, and nursery workers are out. But I want to say this, if your parents, your pastor, your leaders, spiritual leaders, whoever those people may be, if they taught you what was right, don't forsake what they taught you. Why would you do that? Why would we, and sometimes I'll tell you why we do it, we do it out of spite. I don't like anybody telling me what to do. Can I tell you, that is a very foolish reason to change your direction. That's a very foolish reason to say, well, my dad, he didn't know what he was talking about and, you know, and I don't believe all these rules and so I'm gonna live my life and do my own thing. If you had a parent or you had a pastor that loved you enough to teach you the truth, why would you want to go against that? I still believe in children obey your parents and honor your father and mother. If you're here tonight or you're listening tonight on the radio or on our, our live stream, and you did not have a godly father, you did not have a godly mother, can I tell you, get some people in your life that you can look to that will help you and will teach you, and you'll say, well, they don't know anything. If they've been in church and they've been serving God and they've raised a family for God, they know a whole lot more than you or I know. They know a whole lot more than we think. But if you've been taught these things, do not forsake them or the things they've taught you. Number two, I want to make this very clear. I believe the challenge to us is that we should obey what God says over what man says. So let's say that these Rechabites, let's say that they had a daddy and their daddy said, hey guys, live it up. Man, just have a good time, eat, drink, and be merry. And who cares about what God thinks? Oh, no. If they would have had a father that would have taught them or instructed them contrary to Scripture, can I tell you what you do? You obey God. And you obey God over man. But in this case, that was not the issue. That was not the, the concern. They were doing things that were not wicked, not sinful. As a matter of fact, we'll see in this passage how the things that they did that they didn't understand, God used those things to bless them in the end. When the Babylonians came in, I, I, I'm getting ahead of myself, but when the Babylonians came in 
Nebuchadnezzar conquered the land and he started taking captives home. You know who he let stay in their own land? The people that did not own land. The people did, that did not own homes. He called them the poor of the land, the strangers, the nomads, uh, those that were just the travelers. He let them stay. Don't you know those Rechabites were feeling pretty good as they're seeing everybody else marched off to captivity and they're thinking, man, I'm glad I obeyed my dad. Man, I'm glad I didn't buy a vineyard. It wouldn't have done me any good anyway because Nebuchadnezzar's just taken it. And so we see that we must obey what God says over what man says. Maybe there's some things in your life that God has given you. And uh, can I tell you, it's not always easy to obey. We don't like to obey. Sometimes what God says is contrary to the way we want to live. But we must obey God. And that was the point here. Jeremiah said, hey, Judah, why can't you obey God when the Rechabites are obeying their earthly father better than you are obeying your heavenly father? Number three, quickly, a challenge to us is don't get too concerned with things down here. You know what the, the, the Rechabites, it was that they didn't have stuff. They didn't have land. They didn't have big fields. They didn't have a lot of money. They, as a matter of fact, they, they lived in tents. And that sounded strange and that sounded odd. But can I tell you, as Christians, sometimes we get too wrapped up with things. We get too wrapped up with houses and lands and, and stuff and, and money and, and this bank account. And I got to have this and I got to have that. And I'm not against things, but I'm just saying this. The things must not take over your life. The things must not take you away from God. Colossians 3, the Bible says, uh, If ye then be risen with Christ, then seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Matthew 6, the Bible says that we're not supposed to lay up treasure on earth, but rather lay up treasure in heaven. For these Rechabites, they didn't have houses and they didn't have lands. But can I tell you something? They had something better. They had the blessing of God. And they had the favor of God. And when Nebuchadnezzar came and when he destroyed Jerusalem and he destroyed all of the houses and destroyed all of the vineyards and took all of the stuff, the Rechabites had no regrets that they had obeyed their father. And I want to tell you, everything down here one of these days is all going to burn up. One of these days, even before Jesus comes, one of these days, that car that you have put your life into or that house that you have given everything for, one of these days, if the Lord tarries, that house is going to crumble. That car is going to break down. But can I tell you, the things that are eternal will never, ever fade away. Hebrews 11, Moses realized that what God has in store for us is far greater than the treasures on this earth. The Bible says that he chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Number four, I'll say quickly, a lesson we can learn from the Rechabites. Don't get too comfortable down here. And that's hard, isn't it? Because we like to be comfortable. 
Uh, we are a, a society that we like things the way we like it. We like our, our comfortable chair. We like our comfortable bed. We like our comfortable pillow. Uh, we like our comfort zone. We like our, our spot at work. And we like things a certain way. And we like the car. You know, you got to have the seat set in the right spot. And you got to have the, the back tilted just right. You got to have the temperature just right. And we've got everything just the way we want it. But I want to tell you. This world should not be a place where we get too comfortable because we're not staying here forever. We're just passing through. And I want to tell you, not only is our, the day of our death approaching, but the return of Christ could be at any moment. And all the things that you and I have will not matter one bit when that trumpet sounds. Don't get too comfortable down here. Number five, we must be different from the world. And this is one of the points that I want to drive home here is these Rechabites, they were different. And everybody saw they were different. They're like, hey, guys, uh, why the tents? You guys going camping? No, this is where we live all the time. Why don't you build a house? You guys could get, a, get, you know, get a, a good business going and you could make some money and you could build a house and a house is going to be so much more comfortable than a tent. And they said, we're not doing it. Because our Father told us not to. And I want to tell you, you and I as Christians, we are going to be different if we follow this book right here. And I want to tell you, the longer we live, the more and more we're going to stand out as Christians. We're living in a society that hates God. And we're living in a society that is promoting things that are anti-God, that are anti-Bible. We're living in a society that is promoting homosexuality and a society that is promoting uh, immorality and promoting drugs and promoting alcohol and promoting uh, all of the philosophies of this world. And as a Christian, you and I, we are going to stand out. And by the way, that's the way God had it planned. We're to let our light so shine. We're supposed to stand out. We're supposed to be different. We are a peculiar people. I'm not saying that you go out and you try to be weird. I'm not saying you go out and try to be strange. I'm not saying that you go out and you try to be as goofy as you can be. I think you ought to be kind. I think you ought to be respectful. I think you ought to be the best worker at the workplace. But when it comes down to what you believe and it comes down to what matters to you and me, we ought to be different and we ought to stand out in this world. And this world's not getting any better, friend. And if you're just going along with the world, it'll be no time at all. And you'll be a long way away from Jesus where he wants you to be. Stay close to him and be different, be separate, be set apart from the world. Next, remember that God will take care of you. We see in this passage, they, the Rechabites, they mentioned, they said, the reason we're coming to Jerusalem right now is because Nebuchadnezzar's coming and the battle's coming and we're, we're fleeing to Jerusalem. We're coming to the city of God for a place to be safe. But can I tell you this? God always takes care of his people. They probably felt vulnerable while they were intense and they probably felt like they didn't know what to do, but God had a place for them to go where they would be safe from the battle. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. i tell you, God will take care of you in the battles. Next, I don't know what number we're on, seven maybe. When God warns you, and when God warns me through the preaching, and the teaching, and the conviction of the Holy Spirit, let's listen. 
You know what the problem was with the people of Judah? They just wouldn't listen. And they had preachers coming time after time after time. And they just, they wouldn't listen. I think about Brother and Mrs. Askew, who have been a part of this church since day one. And you know, Brother Askew, I, I cannot even begin to imagine in these 32 years or so of victory, and obviously you've been in church much longer than that and serving God much longer than that. But I can't imagine how many times you've heard the preaching and how many times you've heard evangelists and pastors and missionaries but you weren't the only ones that heard them. There was a whole church full of people. And some people don't stay in church. And some people stop listening. And some people get away from God. I'm thankful we've got some, some young people like the Askews. Let me be careful how I say that. We've got some folks like the Askews. And we've got some folks in this church who you've been in church your whole life. And guess what? You're still listening. And you're still sensitive to the Holy Spirit. When, when God speaks to you about something. You want to respond and you want to get it right and you don't want there to be sin that comes in your life. Can I tell you, when God speaks, listen and respond. And then I'll say this in closing. I want to remind us, and, and you've heard it a thousand times if you've heard it once, but I want to remind you that God always blesses obedience. Now, you're not always going to understand. Uh, we, we teach our children this. You're not always going to understand the why. Now, we try to explain things, and we want to make sure that we've got good reasons, but, but a, a child should not have to hear the explanation first before they obey. A child should obey, and then maybe after the fact, they'll know why. But a child must obey and trust the father, trust the mother. As God's people down here, as God's children down here, I want to say this. We're not always going to understand why we're supposed to do everything. You're not always going to have an explanation. But can I tell you this? If you and I will obey and if we will trust God, God always blesses obedience. The songwriter said, trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.